Hello, how are you doing? This is the Arrest All Mimics podcast, COVID-19 Creative Cabin Cast. It's a mouthful of a title, but we're checking in with a range of visual communicators, uh, various creatives, whoever's up for it, basically. Um, And we're checking in in their cabin during this weird time to see how they're getting on, how they're coping, what's going on, has work been affected, all the good things. So go back and check out the previous versions of this show if you get a chance. The idea is that they're a little bit shorter, but I keep picking interesting people and we can just talk forever, can't we? Because they've been doing things and they've got stories to tell. So today we've got Sham Muragaya coming up on the show. He's a previous guest on the show. Uh, For those of you who are regular listeners, you'll remember him discussing how he set off down a path as an architect and ended up as a wonderful illustrator and these days he's going into kind of psychedelic surreal wonderful mind-bending artworks um so very excited to see where that goes so we're going to discuss that process we're going to talk about several family members on the front line during this horrible virus uh, working as doctors so we're going to get into that um a little bit more uh, and we're going to talk about all the things, so buckle up and go back and check out the previous ones with Rebecca Hendon, Kyla Paolucci, um, who else did we have on, who, do, who else did we have on, I've gone blank, I've gone blank. Anyway, they're up there, soundcloud.com forward slash arrest on the mix, on all the good social um, and podcast platforms, at arrest on the mix on the social media, or on Spotify, Google Podcasts, all that good stuff. Uh, thanks for those of you who checked out the episode with Nick Asbury going back. Um, Hazel Mead, of course. Hazel was the other cabin cast guest. Um, it's been a busy day. I've got a lot going on and I've been sat indoors like a lot of you guys. How are you all holding up? Let us know. Hit us up on the social. Let's get some conversation started. Any kind of tips that we need, any kind of advice, any other sounding boards that we need in our creative industry. As ever... We've been pretty good at helping one another out. There's big conversations going on. There's a lot of Zoom conversations. Um, I could go on forever. This is the Creative Cabin Cast. This episode is very kindly supported by IllustrationX.com. Fantastic illustration agency. Formerly Illustration Web. Rebranded. Now the brilliant Illustration and Animation X. Representing a whole lot of animators, illustrators, lettering artists, fashion illustrators, designers. You name it. It's really, really broad. And they do a wonderful, wonderful job in our creative industry. And also the Association of Illustrators as the AOI.com. Go and check them both out. So without further ado, we catch Sham Maragaya in his now slightly bigger room in his house as opposed to the smaller one last time we had a conversation on this show. Enjoy. We were chatting about what my work was like before and kind of um, how it's transitioned. Yeah, around that time I, I was getting kind of some influence from watching new films and stuff and um my friend invited me to watch this double bill from this Chilean filmmaker called Alejandro Jodorowsky. And um, I'd never heard of him before. I didn't know anything about him. And then I watched these two films, The Holy Mountain and El Topo. And then after I watched those films, I was completely blown away. And I was just like, this is the weirdest stuff I've ever seen. And I'm, I'm like, yeah, I'm lost for words, basically. And I started researching him and realized that he was heavily involved with this other illustrator called Mobius. And Mobius was a guy that I knew the work of, but didn't really know his full career. Ah. And then started researching and researching and got, and realized that Mobius is responsible for so much of the stuff I love. Things like The Fifth Element, Alien, um, Blade Runner, like all sorts of stuff. And that's, that's what led me to doing all of this research and realizing um, that I should be making weird work, basically, because that's the stuff I was attached to. So yeah. that's really cool. I love those kind of uh, turnarounds when people just 
you know, it reaches a point where you have to do it. Yeah, 100%. I think even the Where's the Dude stuff, I think I started it because I thought it would be quite a commercial thing to do. I, was, I, I did it for a couple of years and I was like, oh, I see a lot of this stuff around. I feel like I should do this to kind of get, and it worked. I did get a, quite a lot of jobs, got, a, got that book in the end, but I realized that it wasn't true to who I was and who, what I was interested in. Um, again, a bit of a backtrack annoyingly that I wish I had realized it a long time ago, but you know, it's, 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 it's now just going to be a matter of time and, and can keep, keep making kind of weird work. But uh, yeah. How's the, how's the response been? The response is good. I think um, the first few pieces um, were kind of quietly well received, but as I've started to put in more of my cultural background and more of the Sri Lankan stuff in there, I think it's new. It feels more unique to what to what people normally see on the internet, and um, those those pieces are getting a lot more react better reaction. So. Um, it was the advice of another illustrator. He said, I don't see a lot of Southeast Asian. I see a lot of East Asian influence work for obvious reasons, like the Japanese illustrative history has been around, obviously, well documented for hundreds, maybe a thousand years. But I don't know, the Southeast Asian, the Sri Lankan, it's more colorful, it's more... Um, yeah, there are different types of influences there. And he said, I hadn't seen a lot of that around. And I was like, oh, yeah, I mean, I know enough about that. So I can put that, start to put that into my work. So that was quite helpful. Oh, yeah, I think it's, um, you know, with with whilst it's a wonderful thing to have all this in, you know, the, t the tools we have now, technology, I think it's more important than ever to get out of that space and find influences, you know, to, uh, to make it stand out from those trends. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, the thing is, I love. I'm so in love with East Asian culture as well. But I see, I mean, the manga influence has been around for such a long time, and it's in everybody's work. Like you see so much of that manga influence in there, and I still pepper in a little bit of it, uh, the Japanese influence and stuff. But I'm trying not to let it overpower the work and put more of the Sri Lankan stuff in there because, as you know, I think it kind of. It feeds into who I am as well, and, and it comes more naturally to me, I think. Um, yeah, I think that would be it. But how's everything with you? You, yeah. Everything's good, yeah. Doing the usual, spinning lots of things, as you've probably seen, you know, with the writing and the, and the podcasting and the illustrating. And I guess just as time wears on for me personally, it's just uh, that's the way I like to do it. I like the variation, and I like to jump from one thing to the other, you know, and... Um, without without doing too much i don't want to be a jack of all trades but I, I feel that all the things you know have got the same flavor they've got the rough edges because that's all i can do i couldn't do polish if i tried <laughs> <laughs> well i think this is it In having multiple avenues to go down is 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 fun i think my my versions of that are i've started to work on canvas or i'll do an ink drawing or a pencil drawing or a digital drawing. And I'm switching between all of those three or four with every piece because mm. that's my way of, of trying different avenues. But I still am trying to just make pieces of work. Like that's that's still the main focus. But with you, I think the writing is, is, is it a different outcome or is it a similar type of process? Um, it's a different process. Uh, I, I mean, I've fallen in love with the process of it, to be honest. I, I find 
it's interesting, you know, because it's this new discipline. I mean, I've been hammering a lot of podcasts, a lot of writing podcasts and really trying to start from the bottom again. It very much feels like the place I was at when I begun to illustrate professionally, which oh, is yeah. really exciting because I, I'm right back at, it's almost a snakes and ladders in a good way. I'm, I'm very much kind of frothing at the mouth at the idea of just getting something, anything published, you know? <laughs> oh, nice. So you're kind of, you're like a student, not a student, but a recent graduate again, where you're kind of really excited about getting some work published and getting some people, some attention towards it. Very much so. But, but but what I'm finding, once again, accidentally, like I tend to do, is that all these things double back to the other, the other disciplines. So what I'm exploring in the writing is very much bringing about new directions within my illustration and, and, and new inspiration to do that because I wasn't overly inspired in recent times or certainly the last six months I, you know nice commercial jobs on which I've been really enjoying but in terms of my own work there wasn't really anything too much driving me it very much was the writing but now the writing is very much giving me something to illustrate which is a whole new track oh, so that's, that's cool. okay that's good so there is a possible kind of um what's the word I'm looking for um there's a there's an avenue to suggest or to, to to advise people to write or to play music or to do something different, which then might feed into um, the work that you're doing, you know, elsewhere. Oh, completely. I wouldn't ever say it's essential, but I just think that you never know what, you know, where you might have to go to find the next step in whatever it was you were doing, if that makes sense, you know? Sure, I guess things, yeah. I mean, I'm like at the beginning of, painting and uh, really I, this is I think this is my like second or third painting really and I'm re learning things about brushes and thickness of paint and I'm like why is this paint not going down as thick as the rest and you know it's really early stages but I'm I'm looking forward to kind of doing this for the rest of my life and basically comparing these paintings to what I make in 20 or 30 years time you know yeah. Is, is, is there a plan at the minute is it or is it something where you're just doing it and you're putting it out there and then working with what comes back there's no real plan I think the images are always now heavily inspired by the loose ideas that I get and I put down in my sketchbook and then I start to develop them and kind of draw them very rough and then start building on them and kind of sometimes I keep sketches in my sketchbook for a, quite a long time and then later down the sketchbook, I make something new and I'll combine it with the thing I had like a few months ago and uh, in the sketchbook. And then that turns into a piece piece of work. But I've started to realize, I think in the, the last time I spoke to you, um, we were talking about in, uh, intellectual property art and kind of how that might work within my style. And I think you said that I might be able to put my kind of surreal spin on somebody else's IP, basically, you know. Um, I've, I've, I still enjoy doing that a lot. Like I love working with um, different characters and things, but I've started to realize that my own original ideas are far more important to me and get, getting them out there because, for example, the new Dune film um, is coming out soon, this sci-fi epic that's on the level of Star Wars, basically, but for a more adult audience. I don't know if you've heard of the Dune uh, uh -huh. You have or you haven't? Yes, I have, yeah. You have, okay. So you know that, like, this movie is going to be the biggest thing ever, basically, on arrival to Blade Runner and Star Wars. And I was like, I saw all these new images, and I was like, 
I've got to make a piece of work that kind of look, you know, my style, my version of what Timothy Chalamet might look like in the sand dunes with these crazy sandworms behind him and stuff. And I had a thought today and I was like, that's going to be amazing. But there's going to be literally hundreds of pieces of artwork very similar that are all going to come out in the next few months from fans who are going to want to pay their respects and do their version and maybe jump on a little hashtag bandwagon of the film coming out. And I thought to myself, like, take that, take this character, take the idea of a character in front of a crazy sand world with, with piping or almost worm-esque um, shapes and make your own version of it. Like, it doesn't have to be connected to Dune at all. Like, use the inspiration from the film to create your own original piece. And that's what gets me excited more than anything else. Now I'm like, I've realized that the original work is, is far more interesting because you don't have to adhere to the rules of the film, the costumes or the look of the characters that like you can start to make your own and add your own things if, as and when you feel like in the development stages of each drawing. So that's what I'm doing at the moment. I don't know. That's, what, that's how that piece you retweeted recently, the the elephant head piece like that's how that one kind of developed it was just me adding stuff to the drawing constantly and then finally getting to a stage where i was like okay this is i'm going to ink this up and color this up now it makes total sense actually and and, and regards the you know the pastiche thing it's 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 totally right for for so many years i did the same thing that what a lot of people do you know which is paying tribute to the thing that i love by doing my my thing of the thing that i love and mm. then you point where you realize that actually what really does drive you and get you excited about that work is just the originality and the thinking and the fact that actually you know I can do my thing my ideas have got equal value if I do them in the right way and that's infinitely more exciting I agree completely it really is it really is and it's the same with a lot of the artists that I follow and that I kind of appreciate I always I really like what they do because it's fresh and it's original and it's it's something I've never seen before. Even if it's like a, a technique towards the way they make the work or it's their idea itself, I'm like, how the hell did you do that? Basically, in my head, in my mind, I'm like, wow, that's amazing. So that's what I want to start uh, making and, and keep making. Basically, I don't know how. This is the this is the danger. You don't know how commercially viable it is, or when when you when you have to put it into the world of actually commerce, you don't really know what it's going to do. But mm-hmm. yeah, but that that's where your paid commission work comes in. You know that still carries on, and, and you you it's I, maybe I've said this before, but like I, I when James McAvoy was playing Professor X in the X-Men franchise. I think they were asking him about his previous film, which was the Irvin Welsh adaptation, Filth. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. you do one for them, and then you do one for you, basically. That's that's kind of, and that's the way I see the commercial work at the moment. Like, it's not, it's not 100% there in terms of, you know, do whatever you want. It's still very much like, here's a brief. We kind of need you to adhere to a lot of these things. But there's, there's been more freedom over the most recent ones compared to the previous ones. So that's a good sign that the commercial and the um, personal work is all kind of blending into to one another. Yeah, I think it'd be, yeah, it's quite a fine art to know, you know, when you can excel that a little bit, you know, when you can start to shift that balance more in your favour. And it does take time, you know, 
it's this i'm in the same boat where you know a lot of my bills are paid by by you know commercial work which i actually do really enjoy but long term i would love nothing more than just to sit and write bizarre stories and illustrate them <laughs> yeah know? yeah i agree i mean the dream would be you can you make personal work for 90 percent of the year and then for that remaining 10 a company says can we collaborate with you and you they'll still pay you to do whatever you want to do but you just get to put it on yeah. a, a bottle campaign or you know a beer bottle campaign or a kind of whatever campaign basically it's it's, it's completely like we're paying you to come up with whatever you want under the rough theme of x and yeah go from there but those those very strict commercial briefs i i yeah i'm not too sure if i can if I can do any more, the ones that are very specific about editorial or those, but you know, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a, we kind of have to do the time to wean, wean them out, don't we? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I did a COVID piece recently, which was still kind of quite loose. It was, it was within this surreal world of flowers and stuff, which has nothing to do with coronavirus, but it was, it was just my version of what, was go going through my head and that's cool that way at least it's people see it and i got a good response from it because i did i don't know it is the more original take on what's going on it's not just the simple coronavirus um cell image you know in the center and or whatever but it's not to not going to be to everyone's taste but it's going to drive some interest in the avenues that i want to go down so yeah, brilliant yeah, no, it's, it's encouraging when, when you see that creeping in more and more, people responding to what you're initiating. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's really nice. It's nice when um, when people are just saying, more of this, please, and it's something that you actually want to do and you're excited about it. The one regret I do have is that I wish I'd started this about 10 years earlier <laughs> instead of going to architecture school, but I yeah, can't change that now. You can, and I always think I, I never. I, I always try to avoid thinking that way, just because we're, you know, we have this journey, and this is where we are, and it couldn't be any different. So, you know, yeah, very true. Very we've, true. we've arrived here now. Um, so, in terms of what's going on at the moment, how are you finding it? How are you feeling? I'm feeling okay. I've been socially distancing for 32 years, to be honest. I'm not the most. <laughs> I'm not the most um, sociable person. It takes me quite a long time for me to get out and see my friends, all of which have joked every time I've had a Zoom conversation with them or we played Zoom, played poker and, and had a Zoom chat going at the same time. And all of my friends were like, this is heaven for you, isn't it? You're just, you get, to, you get to be social with us, but from a distance and in the comfort of your own home because you never leave the house anyway. And I was like, uh, <laughs> yeah, maybe. But I, yeah, it, that side of it, I'm kind of quite enjoying being locked away, getting on with work, mm. um, for sure. But I do, I do socialize. I do like seeing people. I, I just wish I was a bit closer to them um, geographically. But I think what's real, what's me, made me realize is that I'm gonna be um after all of this is over i'm gonna spend a lot more time kind of getting out of the house and and seeing as many people as possible it's it's definitely um made me realize some of my pitfalls in in my own kind of work addiction and and just spending too much time at home you know it's that, that's what's changed for me in that respect 
Yeah, I think there's a big, the big feeling of that that people are kind of reassessing. And one friend said it's you know we're 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 naked looking at ourselves in the mirror very much so at this at this moment in time. You know. Yeah, absolutely. But I mean, there's another side to it as well, which is I, my brother is a doctor at the Royal Infirmary in Bristol, um, and my dad is a GP in South Wales, and. The first couple of weeks of this, they were both really scared, really quite panicked and genuinely worried for their own mortality. They were both say they were both making plans for their demise. Basically, they were saying, look, if things happen, if we go, if we're not around anymore. Here's what you've got to do. Here's here's where things are, are in the house. Here's you know, you've got to make sure you've got to look after your mum and that kind of thing. And I was like. For medical professionals to be saying all of this stuff, I mean, they're both quite paranoid. My my dad's quite a paranoid man in general, but for him to be making that those kind of severe plans, yeah. I was quite scared for them, and I still am. I think they're having some real, yeah, they're having some real trouble, kind of, yeah, getting the the right equipment. Kind of, um, they feel like they're being cheated a little bit by the NHS, and it's it's a tough time for for any any family. Family with medics, basically. Wow. Okay. Yeah, that's uh, heavy going. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if you know anyone in the kind of medical industry or have spoken to anyone yet who have kind of. No, I don't. My dad retired actually from working in a hospital just just in January, at the end of January. Um, he was. I mean, he wasn't doing. He wasn't work. You know, he was in charge of stores. You know, arranging all the medicines and making sure they got to the right places. Right. which is important in its own right but he wasn't in any way dealing directly with you know patients though he was constantly helping out somewhere so you know it's i mean god yeah i would have been uh you know really quite worried if he'd still been in there yeah i mean there are some there's i don't know if it's the right analogy but I, you know when you watch a war movie and you see a young um a young kind of army man who t- who's he goes through the training and and they eventually the, the 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 war in the film starts and the guy who's had a bit of a jovial time kind of training to be in the army gets to the actual field of war and then there's some something along the lines of like the, the character saying i know i didn't sign up for this mm-hmm. yeah it's very much that i think a lot of the medics are feeling that they're like we've never had anything like this come across our um careers you know our, our our field of work like we've had very serious things happen people die every day in the hospital but something this severe which kind of covers the entire planet um and causes the whole world to work together or not as clearly is happening uh to work together in this thing it's not something they signed up for it's definitely but as my both my my brother and dad say this you have to react like we, we we joined a field of work that involves helping people and this is what we have to do like it's it's part of our blood to kind of do this thing so mm. yeah that's the that's the kind of moral quandary i think a lot of the doctors are living in but the, a lot of them don't really have the time to even think about this stuff they've just got to get on with it and do it which is why it's so honorable really and why there's rightly been so much celebration of what they're having to do for all of us Oh yeah, yeah. There's been a lot of um, we clap for the NHS kind of constantly uh, in the house. So what is it? Every Thursday, everybody steps outside, right, and kind of does a little clap for the NHS, mm-hmm. which I'm, which is quite, which is really nice. 
Um, yeah, but that's that's what's been going on with regards to the coronavirus. My girlfriend and I are kind of um, sharing our flat. She's in the uh, living room space working, and um, she's actually working. She's analysing data from the app. Do you know? I don't know if you know the app that the NHS put out about um, filling in your details with regards to the coronavirus, but. Um, there is this app where you do that and you and it, it feeds a load of data to the department of twins research um, and the nhs and she's analyzing that data to kind of determine where where people are in the uk and, and what their symptoms are based on their environmental factors and stuff so she's working extremely hard and it's it's time sensitive work so she's in the living room and i've got this nice big room because <laughs> I take up so much more space, basically. Thank you very much to Sean for taking the time out of this weird, weird time of life we find ourselves in uh, to chat for this show. So this has been the Creative Cabin Cast. We're going to keep them going as long as it needs to go on for this time. Um, going to be sporadic in terms of release, but there will be feature-length episodes too. So cheers for staying on top of the episodes uh, on all the good past podcast platforms. Spotify, Google Podcasts, iTunes, all the good stuff. You'll find us most places. Go and check it out. Or over at the soundcloud.com forward slash arrest all mimics. Thanks very much to the supporters of the show, the Association of Illustrators, the AOI.com and IllustrationX.com, wonderful illustration agency. Let us know how you've been. Get us your feedback on the show and the socials at Arrest All Mimics. Um, for any of you guys who are interested in short stories or writing, creative writing with illustrations and photography and all that, I'm going to be producing a zine later this year of Stories for the Apocalypse, which is my brand new platform. You can find that on Instagram at Stories for the Apocalypse. It's all a bit dark. It's all kind of exploring the the mindset there's a there's a covid19 um isolation watch which is a regular series i'm posting every day at the moment it's a fictitious account observational um things going on just from people being stuck indoors so if that's up your street go and check it out you can also find them at bentallon.com uh not going to keep you much longer cheers for checking in there's gonna be more of these cabin casts coming up give us a shout with any recommendations or suggestions for guests looking forward to hearing from you see you later guys cheers